0: Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical LibroCubicularist, and now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello, welcome to the Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCubicularist. Today, within the Cube is third video games day, in which we discuss... Video games. That's right. Long pause there. Just in case you did not know and wanted to play along. Sort of a little Dora the Explorer-esque there. Um, I'm going to s- just say you're welcome for that. Yeah, I'm going to assume you said thank you. The polite-minded people that you are. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. This is your one, and quite possibly only, spoiler warning. So, uh, I recommend... That you pay heed. What's heed going for nowadays, anyways? Uh, another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is the paltry sum of passing the podcast on to a friend. Yay, you. You. Oh, you know what I just thought of this morning, too, actually, is uh, something that I think uh, makes podcast grow, is that if on iTunes, which we are available on, you uh, both subscribe to the Lackadaisical Lipro-Cubriculus podcast, as well as rate it. Uh, I believe rating it and commenting on it uh, really, really helps as far as getting the word out. Fairly positive. That is a fact, no less. So uh, I'm probably going to occasionally throw in um, the hassle of me hassling you. All right. Apologies, but it's one of those things that I feel as a podcast, you have to say if you want to gain listeners. So I have to say it. Uh, Probably even bug my friends now with that. Hmm. Anyways, today's sponsor on this lovely third Video Games Day episode is Frink Manufacturing. Once again, today's sponsor is... Oh, I think I said Frink. (laughs) Once again, today's sponsor is Fink Manufacturing. We put the Zep in Zeppelin, we put the Vig in Vigors at Fink Manufacturing. Today, if you have not guessed, and perhaps guess is the wrong word if you actually read the brief description that I typed out, where it says what game I'll be talking about, then you're not so much guessing as reading. Uh, what? (laughs) I'll be discussing Bioshock Infinite. Yes, siri, Bob. Me, and probably a shit ton of other people discussing Bioshock Infinite, because this is a game that I think... Um, will be used in video game discussions to bring up what can be done in a video game uh, for years to come. Something that other games will strive towards. Unprofessional of me, as it is, I will just say right off the bat, five out of five, probably your uh, professional video game reviewer would save that for the end. However, I am not professional. And the fact that I started off with glowing praises kind of gives it away anyways. So who cares? Yes? Yes. Uh, just... uh, (sighs) Apparently a little speechless, it makes me. I, I think a word you can use to describe this game is quite simply masterpiece. It is a masterpiece of the video game art. I cannot sing its praises high enough. Three things... Uh sort of thematically throughout that I very much appreciated. Um, anti-religion. <laughs> As you know, if you've listened to many of these podcasts, my stance on religion falls squarely in the anti-department. So uh, this had that. Perhaps more subtle than me saying, boo, religion. Uh, however, it's definitely present. Anti-racism, which, of course... I love well, I'm a big fan of not not being racist. Uh <laughs> duh, even. We'll go so far as to say. And also this one's maybe a little more mm, controversial perhaps cuz uh anti-racism, I think that's you're not going to be like, "Oh, it's anti-racism. How dare they." Uh anti-religion, you're probably going to get that a little bit more. And I think uh, as far as controversy, the one that will potentially bring out the most is anti-American. I didn't say anti-American, that's anti apostrophe That is a, uh, it's a Chris Hardwick joke, America, as opposed to America, America. Uh, but I think it illustrates a good point in that... Um, you could be American and have pride in that, however, if you're American and have a sort of blind pride in your country, that is not um, a good thing, and it can lead to bad things, as illustrated in this game, which sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, well, let's just run down a little bit of what it's about. It takes place in 1912, and it's Sort of an alternate history, I, uh, I think, is a good way to look at it, in which um, part parts people of America have sort of uh, succeeded, succeeded no, seceded from America and started their own, um, for lack of a better word, I guess, country, more of a city, but they kind of uh, I guess look at it as a country, and they took with them the sort of um, American values as they see them. Now, obviously, American values are not necessarily a bad thing. However, when you sort of amp them up to the nth degree uh, and focus on nothing but them, um, it's not a good thing. For example, uh, well, you know, for example, during this time, uh, sort of a prime example in this game is slavery. The United States, when starting out, was able, I think, to start out because of slavery and without slaves, uh, again, I guess for lack of a better description, building the country, they would not be able to be where they were at that time. So these people who succeeded were very um, anti-Abraham Lincoln who uh, freed the slaves. They were big fans of John Wilkes Booth, for example. Uh, because they believed that an America with uh, old-timey American ideals would have slavery in place. Yowza. Okay, so that's, uh, I guess, a little bit of the political backdrop, and as far as themes that you don't really ever see in video games, that was one of the reasons that I think this will be talked about. Because video games, now that... Video game audiences, like myself, are a little bit older and a little bit more um, world-aware about, we'll say. Uh, things, themes such as this, can be thrown into a video game and be very, very interesting to the to the user. Whereas, back in the day, you know, shooting Nazis, <laughs> killing monsters and stuff like that, that's all that was needed to uh, get our attention. Now, I think maybe a little more is needed. Little, uh little in the way of story. story in which you, the character, are uh, a man by the name of Booker. You have a gambling debt, and in order to get out of this gambling debt, you uh, head towards this city to um, rescue slash kidnap a girl and bring her back. Alright? That's where we start out. I should mention, of course that this city is a flying goddamn city. What? A city in the sky. Uh, If you play the first two Bioshock games, you will know they took place uh, in a city underwater. Very, very cool games. Oh, uh, just on that note, the first Bioshock is included with this game. So uh, that's pretty awesome. So uh, you make your way to uh, a lighthouse. You go into the lighthouse, and uh, within is a chair. Sort of that uh, The Matrix, uh, red red pill, blue pill kind of uh, feeling to it in that I could just leave right now and go have a normal life or I could sit in this chair. The chair straps me in and it's got friggin' rockets, a rocket chair ball thing that shoots me up to this floating city. This is our first peek at the sort of religiousness of this game because... Uh, I end up in this sort of temple, church, baptism area. There's a priest, and the only way to sort of leave this area and continue on is to be baptized. (laughs) I will say that at this point, I'm like, fuck that, I'm not getting baptized. So I searched and searched and searched for ways around doing this, but it just, it was so integral to the story that the game does not let you, um, get by without being baptized. So, uh, it made me very uncomfortable that I had to be baptized, which says something about A, this game, and B, my feeling on religion. So, uh, once that happens, I'm in the city. It's not right away that I am identified as being a very, very bad man. It's just sort of like, uh, on the surface, at least, it's a it's a normal city. It just happens to be, you know, floating in the sky and have perhaps some different views. The city is run by uh, a man, let's just call him the Prophet. That's... because I don't think I wrote down his name. Comstock? Yeah, yeah, his name's Comstock. Ooh, I remembered a name. I didn't write that down. And I remembered it! Oh, congratulations. Name curse. is is light... It's only light on me today, apparently. So Comstock, a.k.a. the Prophet, is the leader of the city. He's the one who sort of founded it on his very strict moral... Uh, well, according to him, his moral code, I guess you would say. Immoral code. More like it. <laughs> so uh, I'm just sort of walking through the city trying to figure out where this girl is kept. Uh, I reach apart where there is a raffle. I, luckily, question mark, win the raffle. Uh, I thought, oh, cool, I won a raffle. I, I wonder what I'm, what my prize is going to be. I did literally think that. I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm a spy, for lack of a better word, in this city, and I just want a raffle. Not great, because it's going to draw attention to myself, and I'm trying to lay low, but hey, probably going to get some money to start off my buying guns and killing all these fuckers. Uh, no, that is not what I won. I won the right to throw the first baseball, not at a baseball game, no, at an uh, interracial couple that was going to be, uh, for lack of a better word, stoned to death. Jesus fucking Christ. That right there, uh, I was speechless when, <laughs> when that happened. As in eh, a fair amount of games nowadays, you will make choices and the choices will uh, affect the game. Alright? This happens in this game, however, I don't know what uh, effect the choices actually had. For example, at this juncture, my choice was either to A, um, throw the baseball at the uh, interracial couple, which I did not do, or throw the baseball at the guy who was sort of running the show, which is what I did do. Or I should say, try to do, because right before I threw it, I was stopped. Stopped by the po-po-police. So that's, uh, sort of from that point on, that's where shit starts going down and the fighting begins. Yay. So then I'm fighting um, the inhabitants, the human inhabitants of this world, alright? Uh, I figure out, I forget how I figure out, that this girl is captured within, the, within this giant statue. Like, giant as in one of the tallest buildings of the city statue. And the statue, does it look like her? I can't re- quite remember. I think it did. Looked like her or her mother. Yeah. So... <laughs> I don't know if that was exactly a brilliant deduction that the girl I am looking for isn't a giant statue that looks like her. Uh, However, the first uh, little chunk of the game is me A, working my way towards this statue, and then B, working my way up it. Uh, I always like that in a video game, the the working your way up a tower, or working your way through a dungeon. I always have a, a good time doing that. Something, something uh, like a a big sense of accomplishment when you have reached the top or reached the surface. If you're going through a dungeon, is there not? Yeah. So uh, at the top, this girl, girl by the name of Elizabeth, she waits. She is sort of a sort of in like a uh, hermetically sealed. Gilded cage. Gilded cage, because it's not like it's just a jail, prison cell. She's got, like, a library, fancy bedroom. She gets uh, good meals and stuff like that. She is captured and imprisoned. However, uh, her prison keeper treat her uh, at least what they believe is adequately. The keeper being, of course, the owner or the, the founder of the city, Comstock, a.k.a. the Prophet. Uh, When we get to the top, we see, it's almost like, well it is like, she is a sort of science experiment in that there'll be like two-way glass, video cameras, she's sort of constantly under surveillance, Uh, we're watching her life in a sort of scientific way, it's got that vibe to it, Uh, eventually I reach her, yes. Yes. Our meeting is <laughs> our first uh, our first encounter was actually pretty funny in that I basically fell through the roof and scared the shit out of her and uh, it was in the library so she starts throwing books at me and I'm like, stop stop I'm here to help you. yes. Then comes uh, the again we'll just we'll just kind of go bad guy mechanical bird giant hawk creature with huge eyes giant talons who I have to face repeatedly throughout the game. Let's, what we'll do, is leave it there because I'm at work. It's a good spot to leave it. It's uh, like a little uh, little cliffhanger, if you will. Aha! I did not plan that, but it worked out. I love it. You know what else I love? You dairies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And... we're back. We are back! We are back, we are back, we are back, back, back. we are back, back in action! Hello again! <laughs> That was a little uh, Gypsy Queen. Something about uh, gypsies being sung uh, about in rock songs happens quite frequently. Weird? I know. That was, if you are not aware, the QQQQ107 Russian, not Russian roulette, radio roulette. Obviously, you haven't played it in a while. I forgot what it was called for a second. It's where I'll turn the radio on, and if we get a song, we win. Yes, so I guess we won there. Yay. Let's goddamn well hop right back into Bioshock Infinite. Why don't we? We must, because I still got a lot to talk about. I kind of knew right off the bat that this uh, game would be basically impossible to get done in one ride. So, we're doing the old twofer, the ride to work and the ride home from work. We left off with talking about our first glimpse of uh, Elizabeth, our, from this point forward, companion on our quest. Love, Lee. Why is she being studied? I guess would be a question that arose from what I said before I had to go in and do eight hours of work. Well, we get sort of a glimpse of that as well. Uh, she is standing in front of a poster... Was it a poster or a painting? I don't remember. Like, maybe it was a painting that she was painting. See, it was way back at the beginning of the game, and there's many, many hours between that time and this time, so I can't 100% remember. Anyways, not too important. <laughs> so why am I dwelling on it? Why do I keep talking about it? I don't know. Stop it. Anyways, uh, she sort of opens up a window onto this painting, uh, a window as if she could step through it and then be transported to gay Perry or straight Perry, depending on uh, what floats your boat. So uh, we escape by the skin of our teeth, that goddamn bird chasing us the whole way. And it's fun and it's exciting. And we fall... Well, see, that was kind of a strange thing, because we fall from a great height uh, into water, so I kind of got the feeling that we fell from this city into the water below. However, that was not the, the case. It was rather we fell from this building to water that was located in the city, sort of a floating in-air the air lake, basically. So uh, that gives you, I guess, some idea of the scope. Uh, of the city of Columbia which it was called which I think I mentioned this morning so large the city in fact that it has like a beach and a lake hundreds of buildings just huge huge in scope got uh, the whole world has a sort of steampunk vibe to it as well which uh, is really big big right now the old steampunk stuffs so this next section here uh, involves Elizabeth and I working our way through sort of the city streets we are in search Of an escape. Duh, even. We want to, well, she wants to escape to Paris. That's like one of her dreams. I want to escape and bring her back to New York to clear my gambling debts. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? Uh, I don't tell her this, obviously. She's kind of in the dark at this point, and I take her, and we find a dirigible, a uh, Zeppelin, a giant goddamn balloon airship, monstrosity thing. So that's another sort of a steampunky thing is uh zeppelins. I wonder why that is because they're not really powered by steam, are they? Hmm. Anyway, so we get into this boat. I set course. She uh because of her years of being locked up knows that just by the numbers, the lat- latitude and longitude that I have set course for New York and she's like, "What the fuck is this, dudes?" She doesn't say it quite like that. So then she's kind of on to my game, and she knocks me out with a friggin', uh, I think it was a wrench. Yeah. So I'm knocked out by this broad. Jesus. Uh, and I wake up, and I'm basically captured by um, what are called the Vox Poloi. I like that name, Vox Poloi. It is Latin for something. Shit, <laughs> I don't remember. Anyways, they are basically the freedom fighters, the anarchists, kind of, they are who are fighting against this Comstock character and his sort of ideal, Americanized, uh, yay slavery, yay racism, yay religion world that he has built. They are against that. Huh. What are the odds people would fight against that? This, uh, this sort of has a huge feel of uh, the video game Dishonored, which I did review on this podcast, no less. You can look back to that one, maybe give her a listen, and maybe you'll see some similarities. Or, what I kind of hope you do, even more so, is... Oh, shit. Gaubers! Uh, what I hope you do even more is play both of these games, because Dishonored, I believe I gave it a four, because it wasn't very long. Hmm. This... Just on that subject, was not crazy long either. I beat it in one weekend. One long weekend, I should mention. So, that's something anyways. It felt, I guess, longer than it was in terms of hours that it took to complete. And uh, I think, maybe not right away, but I will go back and play it again. It was that impressive to me. So, that's something. What was I saying? Okay, so now these these rebels, let's call them say, okay, well, I'll tell you what, we'll help you find the girl, we'll give you this ship back, but we need some goddamn weapons. So, once I have hooked up with Elizabeth again, and kind of talked her into not hating my guts, very interesting relationship between these two uh, throughout the whole game. Never really quite know what to make of it, and and th- I like that fact, actually. They're hot, they're cold, you, you don't really know what to think. Once she's on my side again, we head off in search of weapons for these folk. Um, there's sort of only one man in the city who can help us. So we get there, and he's dead. Shit. Game over? Yep. That's it. End of end of game. Turn it off. Only man who can help us is dead. No. No, that is not what happens. Rather, Elizabeth, who at this point, I'm calling her Liz, because uh, we're, we're pretty close. We're tight. She opens up one of these, let's call them doorways. Doorways to what turn out to be alternate realities. Yes. Love that. Uh, If you are following along with my um, book, Bo Wednesday episodes, in which I'm uh, talking about Stephen King's The Dark Tower series, you will know I am a big fan of alternate reality stuffs. Love it, love it, love it uh the fact that it ended up in this game when it when it did happen and i knew it was happening uh i fell in love even more than i already was so i like that so we we traips on over to an alternate reality in which the guy who's going to get us the guns was still alive crazy shit man since the just about the very beginning of this game yeah just about there's this strange couple who keep uh, popping up popping up and actually a a, sort of a comedic nature. Uh, This continues on as uh, Liz and I sort of work our way between realities. We do a bit of this throughout the game. And because it was cool, and because it happened often, and because it brought a little comedy, I wrote it down. And I brought it back here. Let's see what else. There's one section during this that uh, I see a guitar, and I can interact so I push a button and I pick up the guitar and I start playing it, and then Liz starts uh, singing along with me playing the guitar, and it was just that kind of moment that made me realize this game was unlike really anything I've ever played. Kind of, yeah, just, uh, just, just heartwarming. Just focused so, so incredibly heavily on character. Yeah, you, you know what? Uh, I just realized, maybe that is what it is. I don't ever think I've played a game that focused uh, this much time and energy and whatever, <laughs> video game is video game power on character. And you know what I remember seeing too? Uh, a little fact about this, that the, the dialogue that uh, you as Booker and your uh, constant companion... Elizabeth recorded, like the voice actors who, who voiced these two characters, they recorded like more dialogue, I think than had ever been done in a video game, some, some crazy number like that, I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, but I believe it, definitely, because they are talking and chatting and jabbing, jabbing, <laughs> jibber jabbing through the whole game, like from cutscenes to even when you're just walking around, they'll be talking quite quite an amazing feat as far as that's concerned. Uh, really pulls you into caring uh, about what happens to them. Okay, so what's next? Uh, let's from this point onward, we're going to get into pretty heavy spoilers. So, I warned you at the beginning, but uh, I will warn again right now. Spoilers! coming, Coming fast and heavy now, alright? And this is a game that, if you have not played it, Uh, If you've been listening up to this point, I don't think I've spoiled anything super crazy. Uh, But from this point on, I'd rather you turn this off and play the game, and then come back and listen to it, alright? Long pause there, I left for you to do so. Okay, we're back! Welcome, I hope you enjoyed the game. Let's talk about how uh, Elizabeth killed the leader of the Vox Poloi. Um, the leader of the Vox Beloy, when we first met, seemed like a somewhat reasonable human being. However, during one of these trips to an alternate reality, she, uh, we came to one in which she was pretty friggin' crazy to the point where she was about to kill a little kid. So, yeah, <laughs> she was gonna kill a little kid. And, uh, Liz, uh, came up behind her and killed her. Uh, that struck her pretty hard. She had never done anything like that, although she'd seen me kill, (laughs) like, hundreds of people at this point, so I don't think she should have been too upset with deaths. I guess deaths at her own hand. Okay, action, action, action. See, between all these things I'm talking about, there's a shit ton of friggin' action and firefights, and you have... (laughs) I haven't even really touched on the actual gameplay. Let me maybe do that here. So you have at your uh, disposal guns, okay? It is a first-person shooter, sort of under it all, I guess. So you have at your disposal guns and figures. If you play the first BioShock, Bioshock, they were called something else. They weren't called figures. Basically, in one hand you have a gun, in your other hand you have magic. That is kind of the way you can look at it. It's not technically correct, but that's how I like to look at it. I went through... As I quite often in games, uh, I will find what are my favorites and sort of stick with them. Especially in a game like this and many others in which if you 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 will level up your guns, you will level up your abilities. So uh, you can't just level up every single thing. you got to kind of pick and choose. So some of your powers, some of your guns are going to obviously become uh, more powerful than others. So that will further... Uh, cause you to stick with them. So uh, let me just tell you the four things that I used 90% of the time in this game. Uh, The guns I had on hand were the... Oh, shit, what was it called? Well, the shotgun. Definitely the shotgun, especially because I uh, pre-ordered, so got like a little uh, shotgun upgrade. So I used that for the whole game. And the carbon rifle, carbon rifle. So that way I can shoot with a little distance and accuracy. And then when things got up close and personal, I'd bring up the shotgun and blow shit away, man. That thing was powerful. And you could, it's one of those shotguns where you can, like, feel the power. And you'd shoot a guy, and it would freaking throw him flying. Then, in uh, my other hand, as far as magic, I would have, um, uh, I love this one. It was called uh, Murder of Crows. If you don't know, a group of crows is called a murder. Hmm. So you would shoot basically out of your hand a flock of crows, which would then attack the bad guys. Just saying that gives me goosebumps. Or maybe crow bumps, because that is an awesome fact. Uh, And then eventually you'd reach a point where once the crows had sort of had at one guy uh, and and killed it, then they would explode forth from that dead person and then uh, jump to another guy. Really, really cool. The other one I used was Possession. So, obviously, that's pretty cool. You would possess a guy. He would then fight for you for a certain amount of time. Once he, once that time had run out, he would turn the gun on himself and blow his head off. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That's what I use through basically the whole game. Uh, let's get back into the story. I'm almost at home. Eventually, reach Comstock. And it's sort of a little anticlimactic in that I do kill him, but uh i basically just bounce his head off a fountain a couple of times and then drowned him wasn't sort of any big shootout shootouts obviously leading up to reaching him but actually reaching him it's just kind of like oh here's an old man i'm going to pummel his head and then drown him very very brutal actually maybe maybe that's what they were going for rather than a giant big fight me with my own two bare hands um killing an old man. This is where shit gets friggin' mind-blowing, crazy, head-scratching what-the-fuck-happened-y. happened uh, E. I can understand that this ending could throw some confusion into your noggin. Uh, the only reason that I probably didn't have confusing times with it is because I'm reading Stephen King's Dark T- Tower series, so I have my brain wrapped around alternate... U- universes and realities a little bit right now. I'm sort of in that headspace, I guess, is a way you could look at it. That That's what happens here. This is only one reality. Elizabeth and I exist in other realities. I have gone through this same scenario what can be believed hundreds, thousands, perhaps more times. I have gone through this scenario with Liz in which I have uh, had to rescue her from I guess uh, various different scenarios okay that 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 part although crazy is not as crazy as the fact that I my character Booker is in fact spoiler warning here Comstock what Comstock and Booker are the same person I will my character Booker will uh, repeatedly save or Try to save Elizabeth, and then because either I can't or she dies or uh, things happen, yeah. You Let's know, just <laughs> I'm so close to home. I have to say things happen uh, that sort of transform me into Comstock and thus start the whole cycle over again. The only way to get out of this cycle would be for me to uh, die before. I even make the transition from Booker to Comstock. Uh, That happened during a baptism. A baptism in which multiple Liz's uh, eventually show up and then drown me for real. Sort of at my insistence, I guess you would say. So they kill me, thus ending the cycle, thus meaning none of this actually ever happened. probably didn't do... Uh, the Explaining of a Justice, but you, I hope, have seen it for yourself. And there are, because it is, I guess, uh, somewhat involved and possibly confusing ending, there are uh, plenty of places on the interwebs you could go to uh, to have it explained more in-depthly. One I will recommend is Mr. Adam Sessler doing so. So if you do uh, do a little Google search for Adam Sessler and uh, Bioshock Ending, you'll get a cool video there. Folks, that was a fun one. I enjoyed that. Probably uh, not only one of my favorite video games ever, that may have been one of my favorite Third Video Games Day podcasts ever. So thanks for listening. And it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com And now I have a theory.